1: All right. All right! All right! This
3: is the Doug Gottlieb show. Here's in the bonus with Doug
0: Gottlieb. Woo! What? The Gottlieb show in the bonus. Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio Radio app. So, um, we got great pick betting advice for you in the pod. Chris Felica, Bear Betts is going to join us. Bill Krakenberger, professional gambler, going to join us. We got college picks. We got NFL picks for you. But what I find to be interesting is, um, Jason, you and I had this discussion yesterday, and uh, this was the off-air on the back of the on-air talking about, man, I wish that the Major League Baseball's playoffs started like in September, like Labor Day weekend, and but then you just kind of realize, okay, you move baseball season to start it earlier and you can't start earlier unless you only play in the warm weather cities and in the domes for like the first month. Otherwise you have too many rain outs and snow outs and whatever. And you, you, the statement you made was the best statement, which is, Hey, uh, I've been doing this for 25 years and I've yet to see anybody give back money or do less, right? No one ever does less anymore. And like Stephen A. Smith signs a big new deal with ESPN, does he do less or more? You know, Jason Kelsey starts. Uh, Travis Kelsey starts to hit make big. Is he doing less or more in terms of media and commercials? More. You know, the the NFL, are they doing fewer or more games? More. Even the NBA, people talked about them doing fewer games. Like they're not doing fewer games. Even this in season tournament, they're actually adding games, adding a game, not subtracting any games. Why? Well, because they have to. They They have leases with their arenas, and they got to fill them up. And all that that city money that goes into building these gigantic complexes to bring revenue in there, and all the vendors, that's 41 nights a year plus preseason games. They're not doing less, they're doing more. The only thing that's been eliminated over the last 30 years is one preseason game for the NFL, but the NFL made it up on the back end by adding a regular season game, which is even more profitable. So I bring it up because I think baseball is kind of screwed here. Right. Major League Baseball's real playoffs start on Saturday and it should be awesome. It's October baseball. And I know they've previously competed against football and recently they've been stomped. But it's even worse now because Thursday night's a real thing. Friday nights now have big time college football. Saturdays are always college football. Sundays, of course, we know they dominate and Sunday night football is the highest rated game. And then Monday has a better schedule like where you're basically fighting for Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, um, and I, as much as I would like to say there's a way to fix it by starting it earlier, there's not, because they need the home dates to pay all the bills for all these stadiums, for all these vendors, you know, for all the tax breaks they got or the money they got from the cities and the states to build these places. Jay Stu, I think that your your statement of no one ever does less anymore, no, no, no professional sport is ever going to have less games couldn't possibly be any more accurate. And it just, the fact that, like, I'd love to talk about baseball, but where does it fit in in the discussion this weekend when we have OU Texas, when we have Bama a and when we have uh, the Niners versus the Cowboys, or your fantasy football season, which is now coming to the kind of, this is getting to peak fantasy football season. Don't get me wrong. Historically, baseball at the playoffs, it has a more lasting implication than who wins against Between Texas Texas A and M and Alabama, considering both teams have lost, but the loser probably out of the college football playoff, right? But I mean, ask yourself, search your brain. Are are you like Phillies take on the Braves? Super interesting, and I'm sure in Atlanta and in Philadelphia. But even for in Atlanta, right? Do, Do people in Atlanta care as much about Phillies Braves, or do they care more about the Dogs in Kentucky? I think we both know the answer. Be sure to catch
3: live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: With the Lucky Landslots, Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Let's get to what the Fox says. And now. <laughs> What's up, the Fox? Here's Dan Patrick and the passing of Bears Great, Dick Butkus.
1: You can't speak about the Bears franchise without mentioning the great linebacker Dick Butkus, who passed away yesterday. And the timing of it, while you don't want to see anybody pass away, but the timing of him getting the um, national exposure, uh, kind of reintroducing him to another generation. Um, I, I love that fact that people will be asking questions, maybe uh, you know, Googling uh, Dick Butkus, looking at highlights, what he meant to the game. The fact that he was uh, you know, an Illinois guy, went to the University of Illinois, played offense and defense when he first got there, center and then linebacker, and then he became pretty much the poster child for being a linebacker in the NFL, at least the old NFL. He was Chicago Bears football. One of the greatest linebackers of all time, passing away at the age of 80. And there are admired athletes in Chicago, beloved athletes, but he was different. He was a hometown guy, played for the Bears, went to Illinois, and you know, was still attached to the Chicago Bears. When you saw Dick Butkus on the football field, you saw tough. That was that was the word that always came to mind, intimidation. Like they, you know, we we have guys you go, "Oh man, he scares me." There were players playing against Dick Butkus who didn't want to go back into the game. They were that uh, intimidated, afraid of Dick Butkus. Now, what you could get away with back then on the defensive side of the ball is a lot different than you have now, but the intimidation factor was certainly there.
0: Oh, he was amazing. Um, he, he was amazing, and, uh, you know, he was a guy, he, was, he looked like, felt like, seemed like he was synonymous with the linebacker position. Like, if you go like, Dick Butkus, football player even his name felt like a football player. Right? Name felt like a football player. Here's Brady Quinn and LeVar Arrington had this exchange about the Bears beating the Commanders last night.
2: There's a lot of people who follow the league that always say it's interesting when teams feel like they're in desperation mode how they respond. And I don't know if reports are true or if you could read into it but you did get the sense that if something didn't change quick, they were going to have to make a change. And and look, last night was a glowing example of a team that is still fighting, still playing, and still winning. You know, you got the first win, but still trying to win some football games. So I'm not sure if that changes moving forward. But man, that was huge. I think, obviously, for Matt Eberflus.
4: I mean, I, they definitely did not look like a team that quit on their season. You know, there was a lot of exuberance taking place out there on the field. They they seemed like they were having fun competing i mean they went into a hostile environment the environment seemed really nice the 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 buy-in you know the fans seemed to be there like it looked like a very nice well-attended event so give them credit
0: yeah i mean i i think it feels like the story is more about the commanders than it is the bears but we should point out that the bears especially after losing to the broncos playing their best football for a half and then finding a way to lose to the Broncos. Um, th- those guys were playing for their jobs and looked like they were playing for their jobs. Colin Coward said this about the future of the big 10. NIL is
3: going to ruin the sport. Transfer portal is going to ruin the sport. Um, the big 10 revealed its schedules for the next four years, starting with 2024. That's when Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA are in the conference. So my entire life college football's had a big game problem. This weekend you got Texas, Oklahoma, handful of games I'll watch, and a lot of junk. You maybe get three big matchups a year. So the schedule was released yesterday. Oh darn it, USC won't have that game against Oregon State or Washington State. Bummer. Here are the games the Big Ten and Conference realignment will provide us. USC at Michigan feels like an old Rose Bowl. Penn State at USC. Wisconsin at USC under the lights. Washington at Penn State. Michigan at Washington. Old school Rose Bowl feel. Oregon at Michigan. Oregon at Wisconsin. Ohio State at Oregon. Those are big television events. Those are massive games and big brands. Camp Randall, The Shoe. Ann Arbor, the Coliseum, Husky Stadium, Otson. Yeah, those, those little regional truck stop games don't feel quite as big this morning, do they? This is exactly what college football is needed. Stop being afraid of everything. NIL is going to ruin the sport. Transfer portal. Guys miss a bowl game. Conference realignment. Fear, click, fear, click, fear, click.
0: Yeah, here's here's the problem that that Colin is simply doing the consumer portion of it. From a consumer portion of it, it seems like it's the same, but that's when you live in a studio or near the beach in LA, and you don't understand the working details of just how it's changed. Right? Um, he's right. There are going to be big marquee games. Fair. The, the the one point should be made that like. There's always been marquee games in the Big Ten. And those marquee games are playing against your conference rival, your conference brethren. And the crossover games, which seem like a Rose Bowl, are actually eliminating the Rose Bowl and making the Rose Bowl disappear. You're eliminating 100 years of history and doing so for the almighty dollar and for the kind of the sugar type of of rush. When the reality to it is, it's completely fucked up the entire sport. This is the second person I've heard say this. Um, uh, Help me out, Jay Stu. Uh, God, why am I forgetting? Played at Oregon. He co hosts the show with Dan Beyer. Uh, uh, He, uh, yeah, uh, what's his first name? George Reister. Okay, George Reister just did a piece on this on social media as well. Like, oh, they said it would ruin it. Okay, look, I understand that you guys just watch it and love it on TV. Okay. I spent several weeks over the past summer and here early into the fall around a couple of programs. And I can tell you, it's completely fucked up, the whole thing. Right? It's just the reality. It's it's not... You're... You, you used to play for a school. And the schools had this inherent 100-year rivalries. And it meant something. Now it's very transactional. You don't have guys... You have some, but very few guys that started off as freshmen, sat, matriculated, earned some respect, played more junior, senior year, became all-conference all, all conference players. They all bounce and leave. And the, the, the downside is post-grad. Yes, they all have money in their pocket now. Many of them have a car now, right? Here's the problem, though. This is a lot like if you've ever worked for a company that back in the 90s, early 2000s, um, you had the expense, you had the, the the credit card you could put expenses on, you had the company car, you had all these perks to it. And then somebody got smart along the way and they said like, hey, we can make a whole lot more money if we cut down on, on these expenses. Or maybe you went to work for a different company and you're like, holy shit, like, wait a second, I have to get my own car. Right? All of these guys are in for a complete, a rude awakening. Because what happens is, uh, uh, 95% of the football players, they're never going to play football again once their eligibility runs out. And then what? There's no tie to the university because they've spent maybe a year there. Right? And if you don't have a tie to the university, who are you going to call to help you get your first job? And oh yeah, by the way, when you get your first job, they say, hey, great, we got a great job for you. It's going to pay $60,000. And you're like, I'm not working for $60,000. I made more than that playing college football. And I had a car and I can go eat wherever I want. Like, yeah, the fucking reality is that's not how life actually works. So we've created this fictitious form of reality in college sports where people get something even though they haven't really earned it. Right. That's because real NIL would be you're a star player. You get to do promotions and ads that I think most everybody has been for for a long time. Right? But those guys, by the way, they, they make money the rest of their lives, like the Heisman guys with the, with the Nissan ads. Everybody else is left in this ether. And yeah, the first couple years, it's going to be really cool. Really cool of USC playing all, the, all these schools. Okay? But the reality is, after the first couple years, it just becomes a league game, and it become, the travel becomes a complete fucking waste of time. And oh yeah, by the way, yes, USC football, UCLA football probably benefits the most, right? Because the Rose Bowl will be filled because, you know, as much as you think Minnesota not a draw, how many Minnesotians are going to, one, make the trip, or two, live somewhere in California or have always wanted to be the Rose Bowl and their team never plays in the Rose Bowl, right? Now you get to do it probably in October when the weather's way better. Um... And then they just become games. And oh, yeah, by the way, you have the basketball team has to travel. You have the baseball, et cetera, et cetera. It be, It becomes really hard. So the transfer portal, the NIL, and the conference expansion will ruin, is ruining college athletics at the core of what they're about. At the top end, it's great. And in making money, couldn't be better. Right. But But the long game... Which is what college athletics has always been about, is is getting trashed. And eventually, I'll be proven right, and we won't be able to have this discussion. That's what the Fox said.
1: The fuck say?
0: Let's find out who or what's annoying, Jason Stewart. And now, it's your annoying.
1: <laughs>
6: Yeah, Doug, I want to point out Cam Newton, who was on, uh, I think, RG3's podcast. He was, I think... The question is in the sound, John.
1: I still believe, Cam, that you can play. So if the Jets called you right now,
7: what's your answer?
1: Going back to control, you're not about to sit up there and penny pinch me, bro. I'm not about to sit up there and sign a $5.5 million deal, bro. Those days are over with. I'll be wasting my time. Because I will tell you, if you don't think that I could be on a roster right now, I could. But it's bigger than that to me. Am I in uh, shape right now? Hell yeah. In any situation, I'm going to sit up there and I'm going to analyze it as as much as possible i don't want to walk into a dysfunctional situation have you guys made zach wilson aware also aaron Rodgers is trying to come back this year let's also right. talk about that so when he comes back or is it just going to be something that you just say hey watch out so it's a lot of things that i don't just make impulse decisions
6: <laughs> <laughs> what's most what's most annoying about this <laughs> What's, what's most? Does anybody want to
0: tell these two fucking guys? <laughs> Listen, let, let me explain something really quick to RG3. So RG3 went on to like first take on one of those shows, and he's like, you know, just this summer I was with an NFL guy, and he was like, you look like you could still play. Uh, Robert, let me just kind of let you in on a little secret, okay? They tell everybody that, especially when you're in decent shape. You didn't, you didn't gain 150 fucking pounds like some dudes. right? I walk into a gym now, and the guy's like, oh, you look like you could still play. Yeah, until you actually play basketball. And you're like, you're 47 years old. You can't fucking move. You had no chance. And you couldn't shoot to begin with, right? So, like, fuck, dude, get over yourself. Cam, nobody, like, nobody wants you. Like, they're sitting there talking like, yeah, you know, I mean, did somebody tell Aaron Rodgers? Like, what are you going to tell Aaron Rodgers? We're going to sign a guy who can't throw a football that nobody else wants for more money than anybody's willing to pay? That doesn't make any sense. What, this, this is... And this is the issue with, with athletes post-career is that they've lived in this insular world of being told yes their whole lives and then people tell them no and they're like, no, 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 that's not really how it works. No, no, really, that's really like nobody actually wants you. You know, they watch guys play and they're like, that guy sucks, I'm way better than him. Like, no, actually you're not. Because if you were better, you know what they would do? They would sign you. I, I, I view it as as sad. as my, The... the The Robert Griffin thing is annoying because he keeps acting like there's this market for him that doesn't exist. And I just, I feel bad. But for Cam Newton, I kind of feel bad because no one's called him in and goes like, hey, man, come here real quick. It's over. That's it. Sorry, go ahead. What was the annoying part to you?
6: No, I just love the fact that Cam Newton just casually throwing out monetary figures. Yeah, He 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 goes past the fact that nobody's interested in him, but he goes, you know, I'm just not going to play for 5.9 yeah. mil, you know. It, it's am that's just not what I'm gonna do. It's just so delusional. It's it's you're right. Nobody's pulled this guy aside, but like, dude, you need to wake up a little bit. Um, so I don't know if you knew this because it hasn't really gotten much play, but it's Nathaniel Hackett's return to Denver this weekend. Uh the old revenge game. And some guy named Connor McGovern, who's the center for the Jets, he said this about his current offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. He's a phenomenal coach, crazy smart, and he makes meetings really fun and easy to learn. Definitely a guy that you want to play hard for. He put he puts his heads down and he grinds. He doesn't let stuff affect him. But that organization did him dirty. We definitely want to allow him to get some payback. Um, this I don't know if you could sound more Gen Z than to say he makes it a lot of fun um, think Conor
0: McGovern's a great name, right? <laughs> it is a good good it, name. It, it feels like something from Braveheart. Yeah. I'm Conor McGovern. <laughs> McGovern. By the way, Conor McGovern is a former... Denver Bronco. He was drafted by the Denver Broncos. So
6: I would love at, for him to explain to us how the Denver Broncos did hack it dirty when they, they couldn't fir- get a fucking play in. They, they fired him for being for being bad at his job. But again, in this current environment, being bad at your job sh- can't get you fired. It, you need to do something. By the way, else.
0: did you know this? I don't know if you know this, okay? Connor McGovern though, um uh he he comes from huge money. His grandpa Ron Ofut was his nickname was the Sultan of Spuds. He's one of the wealthiest people in North Dakota. As uh, they ran R.D. Olfut Company, which I believe is a um, their supplier of French fries to McDonald's. Like, they're McDonald's French fry potato supplier. This dude comes from crazy money in North Dakota. Like, you're like, what? Like, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I just want to mention that.
6: I want to say someone in his family ran for president, too. Uh, remember George McGovern? I think he ran against Nixon or something. Um, I don't know. If
0: that, I don't know if that's the same McGovern. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the same one.
6: I'm just gonna go ahead and say <laughs> say it is a fact. <laughs> he did that run against is. Nixon. They share the exact Sources same is clo- last name. Sources close to me. Yeah. Um. Let's see. They so, they
0: did him during like. Hey, dude, just throw in a film from last year. And you tell me how to get a coach. So, <laughs> they couldn't get a fucking play in. High mouth's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs>
6: Um, Let's see, my third entry today, the Today Show. Um, It's everywhere. You can't miss this, but um, the Today Show booked Mama Kelsey and had uh, asked her about the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey relationship.
2: Was that the first time you'd met uh, Taylor uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's fairly new, so yeah. I, I don't like to talk about it. Um, it's just one of those things where, you know, obviously everybody saw me, I was in the, I was in the boxes with, with her and, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, another thing that's amped up my
1: life. Yeah. What was she like? What was yeah. it? I mean, you, so you got to know her a little bit, got to see a couple games. How was it?
6: It was okay. So, um, so mama Kelsey all but confirms that this is a sideshow that she doesn't really want any part of, but it sounds like she's being forced to do things like go up into the box so we could get a picture of you and Taylor on camera. But she was completely uninterested in talking about her son and Taylor Swift. but the today show for booking mama Kelsey for no other reason than the fact to that ask she's her that in question. Yeah.
0: They, they they booked her to ask that question, right? I mean, I, I'll tell you this like, the Kelseys have done an amazing job of creating this. I, their pod's fun and, you know, having their mom involved is cool. And she's kind of become like America's mother. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she was just like, it was okay. Like, got it. Didn't we tell you guys? This is like, didn't we tell you guys we didn't really want to go there? They're like, yeah, we got to ask you one. And, and even that question is so innocuous. Like, what was it like? There's a fucking game going on. Like I don't know what do you what was it like? I don't know. It was fine. It's so
6: weird. So uncomfortable. Um, so uh, Connor McGovern, Cam Newton, or the Today Show. It's Cam bookers.
0: Newton. It's not. It's not close. I mean, Connor McGovern's pretty annoying because you're like, it's like he's trying to convince us that somehow the Denver Broncos did some nefarious deal to his offensive coordinator when everybody thought it was a clown show up there. Um, that, and, and, you know, obviously he's got a bone to pick. He played for the Broncos. He was drafted by the Broncos and now he's a jet. But, um, yeah, I mean, this one's, this one's pretty easy. Like the Cam Newton still thinking he could play. And then I, I, you picked out the part about the money, which was, which was crazy. I'm done. Like he acted like, Hey man, are you guys going to run this by Aaron Rodgers? Look, Aaron Rodgers, when he was in Green Bay, didn't like the fact that they drafted Jordan Love to replace him. But he's got like $50 million on the books for the next two years. And he's pretty much considered, you know, one of the five greatest quarterbacks ever. And you can't throw a football and you would be kind of a fill-in sort of old head to be there that they're not actually going to call anyway. Do you really think that he would be bothered by them signing you? That, but the fact that his that that's what's going on upstairs there, is a it? Why are we doing this? Why do I?
1: Because we can.
6: So the, uh, if, if you watch Marshawn Winch with Shannon Sharp on uh Shay Shay podcast, it, it's an entire hour of Because We Can. Uh, but this is a snippet <laughs> of that podcast.
1: What happened with, 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 with Russ and Pete? Why did it? I mean, because it seemed like a match made in heaven. I mean, they spend y'all spend big money to get Matt Flynn from the Packers. Russ comes in. I think Russ is a third round draft pick. Mm -hmm. He wins the job. Matt Flynn never sees the field. It was it's perfect. Everything. It seems like a match made in heaven. Right. And then we see the abruptness. Maybe Russ feels that Pete is holding him back. Because it was all about the Legion of Boom. Maybe Pete said, "Well, there's some slippage, and we're not going to give you that massive contract." What, ha- what to your from your expert opinion? You played in Seattle. You know Russ. You know Pete. What happened with that relationship? Man, you
4: <laughs> look, man, I'm gonna tell you straight up. I'm 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 not the. I wouldn't be the 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 right person to to speak on their relationship because I didn't like I didn't I didn't fuck with them. You feel what I'm saying? So you didn't mess with who? I didn't fuck with with Pete, uh-huh. and then I mean, you know, Russ was like just a quarterback for me, right? You know what I mean, so it wasn't as
1: you didn't had. have no relationship. You didn't have no kind of relationship. Y'all didn't y'all didn't like go to a go go to a party. Y'all didn't get together. Y'all didn't do it. Y'all didn't kick it like that. <laughs> it's like no, we weren't even friends. It was awesome,
0: right? And he went on to say, like, look, I I like him, you know, blah 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 blah. But they they were it tells you. All. Now, Pete also not being kind of one of the homies, if you will. I like Marshawn Lynch. I think it's impossible not to. I mean, here's how likable he is. He had a fucking really bad DUI in Vegas, um, not this off season, the previous off season, and didn't lose his job with Amazon. And, and his popularity's never waned. Uh, but I do think it's telling about Russell Wilson's inability to to relate to, to to the dudes, if you will. Why can we play it for you? Because we can. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at
3: 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
5: It's my little escape.
3: Now Judy's the life of the party.
5: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
3: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. Judy The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you
5: think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka.
4: And I'm Skip Bronson.
2: Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why the how, and especially the if listen to mission implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Chris Felica joins us betting analyst. Of course, uh, you see him on big noon kickoff and you will also, of course, uh, hear his podcast called bear bets. Um, He's a Fox Sports betting gambling analyst, and he joins us now in the bonus. Let's, uh, Felix. Let's get to this weekend's slate of college football. Um, Texas OU is probably the biggest game, right? Last year, Texas wins forty-nine nothing. Dylan Gabriel doesn't play. Additionally, OU was a mess. Now OU's undefeated. Texas undefeated, and Texas, of course, has that giant win over Alabama. What are you thinking coming into the Red River rivalry? Yeah, I really wasn't looking to get involved in this game
8: at like six and a half, but now the the numbers actually come down to, to five and a half. I'm going to lay it with, with the uh, Longhorns. I know OU has the revenge uh, on their mind for, for losing that game last year, 49 nothing. but typically in this rivalry, the better team wins. There haven't been a ton of upsets, certainly lately. I think only one underdog has won outright in like the last eight or nine years. So like Typically the better team wins, and I think right now everyone would kind of agree that Texas is the better team. They went to Bryant-Denny and dominated Alabama in the trenches. They were better at quarterback. They were better at receiver. And, And look, OU's defense on paper statistically looks better than what it was last year, but there are people out there who have kind of broken down OU on tape and kind of say, yeah, I'm not sure what we see on film translates to what the statistics are currently saying. So this will be by far the best offense that OU has faced. Um, but I'm going to I'm I'm lay the points with Texas. And I, and I think if you want to look maybe long-term and play the long game here, uh, you might want to play Texas to reach the college football playoff uh, before this game goes tomorrow. Because if Texas were to win tomorrow, they would have a win at Bryant-Denny at Alabama, which is a massive win. They'd have a win on a neutral field against Oklahoma. And probably there aren't many teams in the country that can match that, certainly right now. And if, oh, if Texas were to get to that Big 12 championship game undefeated, they may be in a spot, where, depending on what else happens. Like I said, we've got plenty of games to play. Yeah. They might be in a position where, even with a loss in that game, like they TCU. could still get into the playoffs. Yeah. So like, exactly, like TC did last year. So uh, you can find Texas around like minus 105 to make the college football playoffs. So that might be worth a, uh, worth a play.
0: Um, Cam Ward's the best player most people don't know about. He's got 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. Incredibly impressive in that game against Oregon State. They travel down to take on UCLA. Noon game at the Rose Bowl. Bruins coming off of just an abysmal offensive performance with a freshman quarterback on the road at Utah. Um, but this is one that's kind of got an intriguing line, right? Wazoo is a three-point dog at UCLA. The total is 59 and a half.
8: Yeah, this is one of those games that tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, evening where people are going to be like, oh, and UCLA upsets Washington State. If indeed, it does happen. It's not an upset. UCLA's favorite in the game. And, and, and it's, last year, there were a couple of instances, and again, it's just a note, it doesn't mean that UCLA is definitely going to win, but there were a couple of instances last year where you had an underlying team favorite over a top-15 team like this, and neither game was particularly close. So the line, I think, is telling you that they feel UCLA is the better team, this is, despite how... You know, you got to forgive UCLA a little bit for that loss in Salt Lake a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago. It was a true freshman going on the road to probably the toughest venue in the Pac-12 in his first Pac-12 road start. So I'll cut Dante Moore a little bit of slack. I think that running game gets back in order. I think UCLA with a defense that oh, by the way, leads the nation in yards per play allowed. So I I don't think people understand how good this UCLA defense is. The Bruins are still going to be a a factor in this Pac-12 race. They don't have Oregon. They don't have Washington. And I think all those other teams in the the Pacific Northwestern are knocking each other off. And if UCLA can can win this game, uh, beat Oregon State, you look at that USC game down the road, and they have a chance maybe to get to the Pac-12 title game. So I'm laying the three. I trust UCLA's defense and running game to – to hold down Cam Ward in that offense,
0: Georgia is yet to cover this year. Um, it seems like a seems like an anomaly um, for, it, for especially, but part of it is they carry the banner of being a back-to-back national champion, and our expectations, even though they're undefeated, is to to, to dust people off. Uh, dogs are coming off uh, an incredible comeback win uh, in the the South's oldest South's oldest rivalry. Um, give me your thoughts on Georgia. Well, I, I think we're all waiting for Georgia
8: to put together 60 minutes of football. And, and tomorrow might be the day. Look, I respect Kentucky. I, uh, I like Mark Hughes and I like their team. I just worry about their ability to put up a bunch of points here. If you go if you go back with Georgia uh, over the last six regular season games that they faced a ranked opponent, they've allowed 13-3, 13-10-0-3. So I don't think Kentucky's going to score a bunch of points in this game. I, I don't think Georgia's necessarily going to go up and down the field as well. The last four meetings between U.K. and Georgia, 103 total points scored in those four games. So we're not looking at a high-scoring game. I think this is something along the lines of, like, 24-7. I, I just think Georgia is better uh, equipped to move the ball on Kentucky than, than vice versa. So I don't think this is as good of a Georgia team as it was last year. But at the same time, for all of the, the warts that they may have, anytime you can go on the road uh, and get a conference win with your quarterback making his first road start in, in the fashion that, that Carson Beck was last week, uh, you got to give Georgia credit for doing that. But I, I think at some point they'll
0: put together a solid enough offensive performance from start to finish to cover another, and I think tomorrow might be that day. Syracuse got their first loss of the season as they played their first legitimate game of the season. Taking on uh, taking on Clemson, they lost at the home at the dome. They gave up 31 points. They traveled to Chapel Hill. They take on North Carolina. Tez Walker, now eligible, guy who had a pretty successful two years at Kent State, and of course uh, Drake May is uh, he hasn't had a great season statistically in trying to turn the football over, but we know he has a ton of talent. Carolina still undefeated. The line is nine and a half. The totals fifty nine and a half. Yeah, and there's
8: some tens out there as well. I think this is a dangerous game for North Carolina. You look next week they have Miami coming in in a game that could decide who Florida State's opponent in the ACC Championship game will be. If you go back since Matt Brown came back, they've had these games where they've been a favorite of north of a touchdown where they've struggled. Like the last nine times they've been favored by greater than seven points against an FBS opponent. They've lost four times outright, covered just twice. And I think combining that with like the, the expectation that this is going to be an easy game along with the Miami game next week. And Syracuse, I might have missed on Syracuse this year. I know they... Did lose to Clemson last week, but their defense is a little bit better than what I had initially thought that they might be. Uh, Garrett Schrader a guy who can who can run a little bit at quarterback as well and maybe give UNC's defense a, a lot more of, a, of difficulty than uh, than he was able to do against Clemson. I think the circumstances of that game just really ruined uh, Syracuse's offensive game plan. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. You look up tomorrow in the fourth quarter, and this game's something along the lines of like 24-17, and, uh, and Syracuse is right in. So I'm going to take the, uh, uh, the the 10. There are some 10s out there in places. So I grabbed the
0: Syracuse plus 10 here. Okay. Uh, last one, AM and Alabama. Alabama comes off a, uh, a dominating win uh, against uh, against Ole Miss in a, in a great environment. And A&M kind of sneakily has survived since, one, losing to Miami, your boys, and losing their starting quarterback. This one's played – uh, in College Station, and you got a home dog in the Ags. There are two point yeah. dogs, and it's a f- forty-six is the total. Yeah, and
8: this number, and this number has really like m- moved around over the last game. I and mean, there were reports out there about Jalen Milro, did he tweak his hamstring potentially, so uh, the the number dropped to one, and I've seen it come back up to to two now. So ultimately, until we see. Uh, who's on the field tomorrow afternoon at Kyle Field? We, we're not going to know, but Alabama's inability to run to run the football has been has been problematic. I mean, they're 67th in the country uh, in running the football against FBS opponents, barely four yards a carry. If row is hampered, that takes a, a massive dimension out of their offense, and we saw how this team was manhandled up front by Texas. And I think A&M uh, on the offensive defensive line are right there with Texas in terms of, of how good they are. That defensive line on A&M is really good. Now, I I almost wonder, I like A&M in the game, but I will admit I'm getting a little concerned uh, because I hear more and more people talking about A&M uh, as the week goes on, but I'm, I'm pot committed with the Aggies here. Uh, I, I did grab A&M plus three earlier in the week, and uh, and I know it's down to two, so I, I hate telling someone grab two when I already grabbed three. But I did grab grab the Aggies at three, so um, I guess you could still play it at two if you'd like. But it's kind of it's a massive game for A and M and watching Bo Fisher. Has done there because you're never going to get Alabama as weak as they potentially are now on your home field. You win this game, kind of all the doors are open, and they, they talk about the seventy million dollar buyout and and the loss at Miami is like kind of like hey, Miami's maybe Miami's just a little bit better than we thought that they were, and that loss isn't that bad. So really, really big game at Kyle tomorrow.
0: Awesome stuff, Chris Falika. The Bear Be- uh, Bear Beats podcast is available. Uh, from Fox Sports, wherever you download podcasts. Of course, you'll see him on Big Noon Kickoff. Barry, you're the best. Thanks for joining us.
8: Of course, Doug. Have a great weekend.
0: Well, let's welcome in Bill Krakenberger, professional sports better, along with Jeff Schwartz and Brian No. He co-hosts Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM every Sunday morning. Tune in this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. They'll take you all the way to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app, presented by BetMGM. Crack, let's start with... One of your biggest plays of the season thus far, maybe of the season, as uh, Jacksonville doing the kind of rare, we're going to stay overseas. And now Buffalo has to fly. Now, Buffalo comes off a dominating win over the Miami Dolphins, 40-20. to They're playing their best football of the year. they won three in a row. Jacksonville, kind of a homeboy from home in England. And they finally got a, got a big win last week. The Bills are five-and-a-half point favorites. The total's 48-and-a-half. Who do you like? Yeah, this is, this is
7: actually a pretty big place. I normally don't have giant plays on the NFL side, but Jacksonville staying across the pond there for the week. Buffalo making the six hour plane ride over. Not really a big deal for a team, uh, but this is, it is grounds that's not normal for them where Jacksonville has had some games over the years there. Um, and I think that Jacksonville will be ready for them after last week's, uh, big, big win against Atlanta. Um, uh, You'll laugh at this. You know, every Sunday night, the week before, I go over my own numbers with my partner. We come up with a line on each game before the lines are up for the next week. I also go by two other gambling groups, syndicate groups, and then I have a secret metric that only comes into play a few times a year. I call it the Jonah of the year guy, and I really don't mean to sound that way, and it's not trying to be funny. This guy that gives me a play every six to eight weeks, and, you know, he just loves Buffalo for his five-helmet lock, he calls it. Uh, (laughs) So I have no problem I have no problem here, but I already leaned to Jacksonville when I heard him say, I put another large bet. Um, I actually got plus six minus a fifteen, out here in Vegas. But I really think the points, taking the points here in the situation, I think this is a really good spot for Jacksonville. Just, just think what the public thinks. They all watched Buffalo just beat a Miami team where everyone right. had on the top of their you know list for uh, one of the best teams in football. Buffalo handled them pretty well. I want to be on the bookmaker's side, and I guarantee you the bookmaker is going to need Jacksonville.
0: Okay, so let's, uh, let's, go, to, let's go to the Rams. They welcome in the NFC champs the Philadelphia Eagles, into SoFi Stadium. Rams been one of the surprises of the year, but only two and two, but it looks like they're going to have Cooper cut back. Uh, They're a four-point dog in SoFi. Now, look, we've seen SoFi before. I would guess it's a prohibitive Philadelphia Eagles home game. Uh, The total's 50. Who do you like and why?
7: You're going to have a lot of Philadelphia fans there. Absolutely great to to bring that up because, uh, you know, the home home field in in NFL is not really what it is in any college sport anyway. But certain stadiums like out here in Vegas and and the Philadelphia versus the Rams that game, you're going to have uh, opponents – jerseys in the the crowd, so that's true, but I still like the Rams in this spot. I think Philadelphia, especially the first two games, really played over their head uh, a little bit. They probably should have lost to New England, and um, even last week versus Washington, I think Washington should have went for a two-point conversion there and tried to steal that game on the road, and they didn't. Um, I think this is a great spot for the Rams. I don't like it probably as much as Jacksonville, but I did make a decent-sized bet on the Rams here in town when it was plus four and a half. Plus four, that's fine. Uh, I think they have a good shot that went out right.
0: Um, okay, let's go to let's go to Baltimore taking on Pittsburgh. Everyone has uh, poked holes at Pittsburgh's offense, rightfully so. Um, play, games being played in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a four-and-a-half-point dog. Should be a little rain in the forecast. Um, also, the totals are really, really low, 38 points. Who do you like Baltimore-Pittsburgh-AFC North out?
7: Yeah, this this is an old division rival, and I like the home dog here with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know they're still questionable about Kenny Pickett and his uh, and his knee problem there, but uh, I, I don't care who's playing a quarterback. I, I think Pittsburgh is in a good spot here for four-and-a-half points at home. I know Baltimore looked very good their last couple games. However, uh, I shouldn't say last couple games because they knocked me out. They're one of the teams that knocked me out of the survivor pool a couple weeks ago when they were seven-and-a-half points. They lost outright. Um Good spot here for Pittsburgh coming back home. Uh, four and a halfs are quickly disappearing off the schedule. Uh, I would grab that four and a half
0: now. The uh, Las Vegas Raiders on. Oh, let's go to Sunday night before we get to Monday night. Uh, sure. A gigantic game, right? Cowboys Niners. Not just the historic implications, but also these are two of the elite teams in football. Games being played in Santa uh, in Santa, Santa Clara. And the Niners are a four-point favorite total totals 45. Well, this is unusual. Big game of the week. Sunday night, prime time,
7: Dallas-San Fran opened up 3.5 and, and 45. And here we sit, 3.5, 45, six days later, five days later. So this is really an amazing game that hasn't moved yet. I'll tell you what, it's really hard to lay the three and a hook. It's that hook that scares me. So if you're going to lay this game, you should buy it down to three on San Fran. The other way, Dallas plus 3.5. Definitely a good play, too. Um, you know, Sam Fran has shown that they're the elite teams. Even I didn't think after week one they deserved to be the favorite to win the Super Bowl, which they are now. Uh, this game will prove it to me. If they handle Dallas pretty handedly, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy it and say, yes, they are the, a clear favorite to win the Super Bowl. Dallas, on the other hand, uh, I thought they were playing unbelievable, and then all of a sudden they ran into Arizona somehow and, and were embarrassed. So. Um, this is this is a very interesting game to me. I think Dallas will be ready for him If anything, I lean to the dog there, but I did not bet this game. I just wanted to talk about it because it's the game of the week.
0: Sure, uh, Monday night in Vegas, Packers come to town, and as is the as has been the case with Raider games, just like Ram games, just like Charger games, you know, you're going to have all of these Packer fans show up. Uh, Packers are kind of a curious team. They've had some injuries, but also had some weird. Weird performances at home. Now they travel on the road. A little bit faster track against the Raider team where Garoppolo was still in the concussion protocol. We feel he'll be out. But they've had some uneven performances at 1-3 and three so far this year. Raiders are a one-point favorite. Totals 44-and-a-half. This
7: game flip-flopped. It opened up on Green Bay. one One-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Las Vegas. Which that's that one I talked about earlier. You'll have more Packer fans in the stadium than you'll have Vegas fans. It's just a normal thing. It happened with Pittsburgh here, uh, opening weekend, uh, for that, well, I should say opening ho- home weekend for them. And there was literally 60% of Pittsburgh fans with their terrible towels in the, in the crowd. Same thing you'll have here at Green Bay. Uh, lots of fans here in Vegas, whenever the opposing team, people make their schedules around that. So Green Bay now. Uh, is an underdog of of one point, like you said. And I I lean to Green Bay here. I I just think Vegas is just a bad team. I know uh, living in Vegas, of course, I have no allegiance to any one team, only my bankroll and family. But, uh, you know, this is a betting opportunity for Green Bay with a point and a half, and I'll tell you, or a point, point and a half, I'd be looking to tease this game up. This would be one of my legs. Probably the teasers going through the key numbers of three and seven. I would have liked this a lot more if the Detroit didn't manhandle this team. But Detroit's probably a little bit better than we think when they beat up Green Bay last week on primetime football. So Green Bay's got a little more time to you know uh, recoup here. I like Green Bay in this spot. I lean Green Bay. I'm going to definitely put them in. Uh, a, there'll be a teaser in, in my – the other leg of the teaser – I might even pick the Jets. Imagine picking some ugly teams here. Uh, Green Bay and the Jets. I think the Jets also is a good leg to go through the key numbers of three and seven, take it up to eight and a half or nine. Same thing with Green Bay, take it up to seven and a
0: half. Bill Krakenberger, professional sports better, along with Jeff Schwartz, Brian No. He co hosts Fox Sports Traders Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM. Every Sunday morning, tune in this Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern. They'll take you up to kickoff on Fox Sports Trader, the iHeartRadio app, presented by BetMGM. Crack, you're the best. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's it for the In the Bonus podcast. Check out the radio show daily, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is In the Bonus. Traveling for college hoops this year, pro tip, stay at graduate hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni, nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30 plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% off with code Doug. That's my name, Doug. Good at any graduate hotel location, anytime up to 30% off. So here's what you do. Book your stays at graduatehotels.com. That's graduatehotels.com.
3: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up
2: now at chumbacasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. DTW prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
2: 18 plus. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
8: podcasts.